Get the best odds on all the big games this March. Download the Circa Sports Iowa app today. Welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. It is football and random things. Coming to you, as always, from the Carl Chevrolet Studios at the Cyclone Fanatic office in Ankeny. Hello, Jeff Woody. There's no shoes here today. There are no shoes here. I will note right now, for anybody watching on Facebook Live, there's a small chance the camera will die. Okay. I, I think cool. that we're about, I'm like 95% sure we can make it through, but that one 5%, if it does die, I'll just stop the stream. And you and I will just keep going. And okay. The rest will be on the podcast stream later on. Sounds good. So if that happens, don't panic. I'll panic. You, everybody will hear football and random things in their ears later on. You just You're won't. just not like, hear it in their eyes. Yes. Iowa State with a 23-21 loss to Baylor on Saturday. Tough performance for, uh, for multiple Cyclones. Yeah. Um, I, I think... The other thing you, we can note is that the conditions weren't perfect for Iowa State to have a great game. Yeah. It's really, really freaking hot. And it stayed in, like, the heat stayed on their sideline for a long time. Yeah. Um, nevertheless, you, they sh- still could have slash should have won that game despite having a few off games. Yeah, still did not score for the first three quarters of the game. And should have. And then scored in a flurry. Relatively easily. 21 points. Yeah. Well, and I think, I mean, we can, we'll, we'll dive into that, um, obviously, a lot more once we get going. Uh, but really, I, I, with the Campbell staff, since they started, there's not been a loss where I've felt like there wasn't direction with where the program or still the team even this year is going. Like, there is, again, clearly, you want to win games. Yeah. Duh. But... By playing the way that they did and adjusting the way that they have, um, I, the, the team continues to significantly improve week after week. Again, there's going to be setbacks that exist in there. Um, but as a, as a general rule, like this team is still super young. Yeah. Like they're, I, if, I, if I did my math right, there are six starting offensive seniors and f- four starting defensive seniors. And that's it. And the rest of them are juniors or lower. So... This is a pretty young team that has a lot of still growing and stuff to do. And I, I think this, uh, this, this will serve as, again, another really good lesson going forward. Um, and if you're going to lose a game, obviously you don't want to lose any. But if you're going to lose a game, an on-the-road game to a good Baylor team is not the worst loss to, to have on the resume. Yeah, I think that the thing that was most frustrating was just the their inability to really connect on any – of their, some of the had some big opportunities, mm-hmm. in, especially in those first three quarters. Uh, you think back to the play where uh, Brock Purdy just barely overthrew Chase Allen, mm-hmm. running straight down the seam, yep. wide open. Uh, I think there was one where he maybe missed Darren Wilson at some point yep. as well in a similar type play. Uh, the missed field goal mm-hmm. that I'm not sure that Connor Solly ever should have been asked to kick, the first one. Mm. Uh He's don't think he's ever made anything farther than 45 yards. The TV copy said 50, but yeah, I, I think they said that. he was comfortable from 50, but I don't know when we ever seen Con- like when yeah. have, have you it's, ever it's, felt no. co- comfortable with Connor and Solly from 50? I've not. Cole Netton? Sure. Maybe. Garrett Owens even? Possibly. 
Connor Solly? Me? No. You get past 40, I get. I feel like things are getting a little hairy at that point. Yeah. Um, and I, I think there is also some stuff that, that uh, I mean, it's a Big 12 opener. Conference play, it changes a little bit. Like, the significance of things changes. Um, and I, there is a lot of, uh, there are a lot of, I think, factors. Because of the heat, they had to rotate a lot more guys than they wanted to, yeah. probably. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of the negative plays that happened were when somebody else was on the field when they shouldn't have been. Mm-hmm. Like... Anthony Johnson and um, Speedy, like, that for the most part, like, played pretty well. Um, but then, like, Amichi Walker gets put in there, and it was like a third and seven on a pretty – they ended up scoring on that drive and does just a bonehead, like, loses contain. And that's that's the one where you saw um, Coach Cam- Campbell, Campbell yeah. lose his mind because it's, it's the simple fundamental thing. Like, receiver disappears. Like, you don't follow him on a run play. You, you get yourself – up the field, contain the ball, make it turn back to help. And he followed the receiver in or just like disappeared. Yeah. And then there was no edge. So little things like that. And then, I mean, you look at, I think the last touchdown, if I remember, and I don't, maybe I might not have these numbers specifically correct in my head, but I think the last touchdown that Baylor caught, uh, the three players defending, was it Denzel Mims or whoever? Was that the one when Anthony Johnson was more or less bent at the waist trying to cover him not no not necessarily that might have been the first one it was uh it, anyway one of the touchdowns scored was i think four 17 or four 19 and 27 were the three defenders that were playing at the time that were covering that guy that gave up the touchdown like it, it's that's generally speaking it's not bad to have one or two of those guys in the field at the same time but the heat necessitated that all three of them yeah. were playing in the secondary at the same time against a, a guy like charlie brewer who's generally going to be pretty good so it was it just wasn't a good um, it wasn't like the situation wasn't really advantageous for Iowa State to play their best best, but they yeah. still could have and should have won. And there's still things they need to improve going forward. And I think too the the Heat probably made an impact where on those last couple drives they had a really hard time getting some pressure on Charlie Brewer. Yeah, After, I mean early on in the game they were beating him up pretty good. I mean he had to come out of the game at one point. Well, Ryan Vance still was getting pressure on him pretty much the yeah, whole day. Well, yeah, yeah, I think they, they, they sack spied, him. I think they spied him. Yeah, uh, they spied Vance on Brewer. But um, still, yeah, we can, I mean, we can talk about, like I said, first, first and second break, we can kind of go offense first and defense second, but um, it, it was, it wasn't bad. Yeah. It wasn't a great, it was obviously not a great loss. Um, the one thing that I will say that I'm even, that I'm concerned with is special teams play. Yeah. Special um, teams has been bad. Just in general, the coverage teams are fine. Um, it's the return teams and specifically, obviously kicking units. Um, I, I think punt team is okay. Like the, there, it, it's not the most, you know, they don't have Thomas Morstead yeah. that's kicking or Johnny Hecker, but like they still, it's fine. Like the punt unit, it's fine. You would probably prefer to have Corey Dunn back there, but, you but know, yeah, if you got to have Joe Rivera, then it's good enough. Yep. And the coverage unit's good enough that they're taking care of it. Yeah. Um, the kickoff cover unit, like nothing ever gets ever returned anyway. And so yeah. the kickoff cover's fine. Um, kickoff return, they're basically just taking a default, um, like taking a default just touchback because just the rule change this year like it's just really hard to return um but punt return they haven't set anything up at all and the one time they tried the one time yeah the one time they tried they ran into the kicker uh well Well, no no, they 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 ran ran into each each other other. (laughs) and then today or last last week they tried to block the kick and ran into the punter um so punt return isn't as good as it should be and then obviously field goal kicking is it's not Baylor bad, but it's still not as... It's hey, Baylor still made the one kick they needed to. Well, yeah, because it was from like 10 yards away. Yeah. Um, still, I'm just saying. Yeah. It was a kid's we could talk more about that because I have some questions about that final drive. Okay. 
All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back on the on football and random things on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Today's podcast is brought to you by Home Field. Home Field makes premium college apparel for schools of all sizes, including Iowa State. They dig through years of archives to understand each school and fan base, making thoughtful designs that don't just say Iowa State across the chest. They print these unique designs on the most comfortable tees and sweatshirts you'll ever own right out of their Indianapolis office. This summer, they sent me a t-shirt with the Or Cyclone. You know the best logo Iowa State will probably ever have, and it is seriously my favorite Iowa State shirt I've ever owned. Not only looks great, but it is incredibly comfortable. Go to homefieldapparel.com today to shop for the most comfortable Cyclones apparel you'll ever own and get 20% off with the promo code SciNation20 at checkout. That's promo code SciNation20 at checkout for 20% off your order from homefieldapparel.com, the home of the most comfortable Cyclone apparel you'll ever find. Football season is all about competition. When it comes to tailgating, that competition isn't limited to the playing field. Start with better meat from Fairway. Hand cut, fresh, and affordable, Fairway gives you the advantage in tailgating excellence. Get ready for kickoff with the best selection of meats and all the fixings from Fairway. Welcome back to Football and Random Things on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. You want to start offense? You want to start defense? Uh, we'll start offense because it's a little more fresh. Okay. And the, uh, the defense is, um, for the most part, played pretty well. Just a couple things they, again, f- missed on. Yeah. Uh, I was shocked by the number of people that I saw online calling for Brock Purdy to be removed from the game. Okay. I normally, you know, you don't really want to talk like smack about your own fans. But if you're calling for Brock Purdy to be removed from the game, you are an idiot. There's a lot of people who said that <laughs> point blank period. I can't remember who all it was. I, I saw a bunch of people just saying like, put in Rion Mitchell and I'm sitting here. I'm like, yo guys, like this, that's like your best player. <laughs> that that's an absolute abysmal decision. I was oh, like, but the let's kids, not do but that. The kids, uh, he, the kids not flat or not comfortable, not flustered or whatever. Okay. I think you underestimate how difficult it is to be comfortable in a football game. So then throwing in a backup who has not yet played in a big 12 game in a big 12 game is not going to make the situation better. So if it's not great guy who calls for backup quarterback to go in, that's not the right move. The only time that's really appropriate is if the guy is Absolutely. If he's hurting your team. If he's like in full meltdown mode, throwing interceptions. Yeah, like, like Jacob Park at, against Texas two yeah, years ago. Or like Nathan Peterman back when he was that one start that he had against the Raiders and threw like six interceptions. Like he is hurting your team. Yeah. Purdy wasn't hurting the team. Basically what Kirk Cousins is doing to the Vikings right now. Right. Yeah. Kirk Cousins. I, I If they had a solid backup, they might start uh, working him in with reps with the ones to test out the feasibility of it. What's uh what's Sage Rosenfels doing nowadays? Uh I think he's spending time with his kids and family. I think it works in the media. Sage, it's time to, br- it's time to bring the cleats back out. Um, anyway, the... Can you throw the ball? Uh, not like that. The Vikings are willing to pay about $15 million to $30 million <laughs> a year to play quarterback, so... Oh, man. That was such a bad signing. Kirk Cousins makes me annoyed just watching him. It's okay. Case Keenum is doing just as... Maybe even worse, honestly, for the Washington Redskins, so... Well, it was a good marriage first, and then it just left. But anyway, with so what was going on um, a lot of times with Purdy and the the Baylor defense, like the relationship that was happening between in the first like two and a half quarters, um, was he was Purdy is always 
you could define him as mature and comfortable and poised. Like those are almost always you can, even as like as young as he is, mm-hmm. this is, side note on this, that was his 12th start. Correct. That was his game. 13th game that played significant saps. So uh, there's bound to be a little bit of, of up and down um, in each, you know, like in throughout the course of playing. Uh, but the, the way that he was going about playing was a little bit flustered because the offensive line wasn't giving him the, giving him the protection that he needed. Right. Even against a three, a three man rush. Because, so Iowa State was basically playing Iowa State on Saturday because Baylor's defense is was literally almost like wholesale stolen from, from Iowa State to be in Baylor. Right? Correct. To, to, for Baylor to play. Correct. So uh, when you're playing that style defense... The thing that we uh, that we always will talk about with other offenses playing against this defense is essentially it's daring you to make mistakes. It's not really aggra- it's not an aggressive defense. It's saying, I bet you're going to screw up at some point somewhere and we're just going to be there to catch it. And the way that they kind of the, the an additional layer behind this is they play that, you know, rush three, drop eight. It's generally speaking, a cover three, which under normal cover three circumstances, you have a three deep four under and then four guys rushing well one of those rushers just becomes a guy underneath in coverage so it's three deep five under well that five under five dudes spread across the field closes your really quick throwing windows unless they're playing really sagged coverage right which they generally were on longer down a distance situations but like a normal if it's first and ten or second eight they're going to be playing at a normal depth and so the quick ball out right now doesn't really work against this defense unless you find a specific matchup that somebody can, you know, exploit. somebody can exploit. So a lot of times what will beat this defense is you have to run like scheme will beat scheme because zones in specifics, they can't a, a defender can't help another defender in a zone like that much in a zone defense. You can shade, but you can't like. You know, if there's two guys that are occupying the middle of the field, that's why, like, flood concept, the ones that, um, like, the one where Chase Allen, it was a longer pass, it, like, the one that he was coming across, the, coming across the field, like, to his left, and caught the ball and ran, I think, down to, you know, whatever it was. The, inside the 10. Inside the 10. That play was because there are levels set to that defense. Yeah. So, your level set of that, that offensive play, so you're pulling a defender towards something you want to, or towards something you want them to see to open up a window to throw behind him. Uh-huh. So a zone, like what I mean by a defender can't help is if you're, if, if I'm responsible from the hash to the numbers, I have to stay between the hash and the numbers because if someone were to run out there, like w- the way this is screwed up, like the Johnny Lang touchdown, Baylor just flat out forgot because the defenders all washed with everybody else. Yeah. You can't leave. You can't flat out leave your zones entirely because if you do, somebody runs into where you were supposed to be and they're wide ass open. Again, see Johnny Lang. So a defender needs to stay at least relatively towards the space that he's in. And so if he's between the hash and the numbers and let's say almost everybody is, you know, on the left side of the field, but there's still an eligible receiver that's kind of eligible to able to get to the to the outside of it, you mm-hmm. can only shade to the hash. Like you can't go inside the hash to the middle of the field to the other hash until the ball is thrown. Because yeah, if somebody sneaks back, you're wide open. Right. So again, to attack this defense, you have to run people to draw a window open and then throw behind or throw uh, where that's weakest. In order to do that, you need time. 
because you can't just in certain man coverage plays, or even if it's just a flat out, like an easier zone, like that cover three with four underneath. Right. If they're playing that, there's a lot more openings where even if there's a zone that someone's trying to overlap in between, uh, there's enough space between my guy covering his area and the next guy covering his, that if you were to run, say, Petway on a slant, you can get a leverage point and just zip the ball in there. And it, there's a throwing window that's open and there's leverage on the defender that's there. So again, to come back to time, the quarterback needs to be patient enough to let the distraction offensive player pull the guy out of the way to let the targeted offensive player get in behind him mm-hmm. or in front of him or wherever the to- play's meant to go. Two things didn't, two things happened to prevent that in the first two and a half quarters. One was the offensive line wasn't doing a very good job of giving him the confidence to stay in the pocket right. where like I would say, I, I think as good as Meeker and Jones, good Jones played in the, in the Iowa game. I think they both played just as poorly this, this week. Yeah. And you know, regression to the mean, I think is what is what Jay Jordan was kind of used the term as. I think these guys are both good players. It's just a met like you, you're bound to have a crap game. They just happen to both have a crap game at the same time. Yeah. Um, and so by not having enough confidence that if I stand here and wait for my receivers to get to the timing that they need to get to, I'm not going to get hit. If you don't have that confidence, then you're, you're going to bail early because you know how long the play is going to take. And if you think that you're going to get hit at three seconds and the play needs four seconds, you're going to bail. And so that's what Purdy ended up doing is he didn't, because of the discomfort that was provided to him by the rush, he bailed a lot too soon. Um, and didn't let the play happen. And once that happens, then it just becomes scramble. Like there's no, there's still a moderately set defense, but that's the Pat Mahomes. That's the Aaron Rodgers, the break to pocket and just hope someone gets open. So they turned set plays into scramble plays a lot early. And sometimes they worked, sometimes they didn't, but the better offense is an on schedule on rhythm offense, which is what they had in the end of the third into the fourth quarter is Purdy was finally able to kind of, stand there yeah. and throw the ball. Now, granted, it was helped out by Baylor being Baylor and getting two face mask penalties and helping him down the field, but still he was able to more comfortably stand in the pocket and throw. And even if he was going to scramble, it was a scramble that was open. There was somebody open because of the route tree that was being, or the route that was being run. See, and then even, I think something else that you can pinpoint as really being problematic on Saturday, I'll read this statistic to you. 28 rushing attempts mm-hmm. for 63 yards. Not good. 2.2 yards per carry. Is that including Purdy or is that just running backs? That is including Purdy. Okay. Just running backs, they are. They were. Johnny Lang had six carries for 35 yards. It's not terrible. That's not bad, but most of that really came. On one run. At, yeah, at, the, first, at the end of the game. Even. Or the first quarter, he had a couple. Yeah, he had a couple good ones. Run. He did score a touchdown. Um, Kane had three carries for 14 yards, or 13. Still just didn't look didn't look he, healthy. He doesn't look, he doesn't look healthy. No. Uh, Sheldon Crony had six carries for 12 yards. No. Um, Here, here's and, my, and, and, uh, and then Brock, Brock. Brock had 13 carries for three yards. You think if that, <laughs> you said 13 carries? Yeah, 13 carries for three yards. You think that... Um, Jairo Brock will be a huge piece of Iowa State's offense within the next couple weeks. I'm willing to bet that. Um, I will, I will, I wonder... If that was an, it, this, it seems like everything Campbell staff does is intentional, yeah. but I wonder if that play was called that fourth down play when they gave it to Brock. Well, they didn't give it to him. They gave it to Sheldon. 
They said it wrong on the TV oh, okay. copy. Okay, yeah. never mind it, then. Gyro was in like the play before that. Okay, never mind. But then, then they gave it to Sheldon. Okay, the second. Then time. never mind. Then scratch that question. Um, but I will say, from everything I've heard, Gyro Brock will be a big piece of Iowa State's offense before the season's over. They just need to have somebody. Well, yeah. Is, right now, they don't. They don't have. They're they're kind of just like searching mm-hmm. at, the, at that spot. Well, and and again, they do they do find things somewhere, but there's no uh, taking over and commanding the game. And yeah. I think that you want that to happen. I mean, you need that at certain points to happen to to say like, we're gonna run the ball and f you. Good luck. Yeah. See, and that's where I feel like the problem with. I think Sheldon is a fine player. I think that the floor of the offense is probably higher when Sheldon is on the field, but the ceiling is decreased considerably, I think. He just can't make anybody miss. I mean, that's that's what I see. And it's not getting blocked very well, but it's just like when he even gets into the second level, he almost always goes down on first contact. Well, I think there's um, there's also a little bit of difficulty when you have five guys getting a rhythm with understanding where things are. Yeah. Like you have specific points when you're comfortable with the linemen you're comfortable with and I say the linemen in general like the linemen that day like how the other team is responding like okay we know that you know I don't know picking numbers out of the air like we know that number 92 at nose guard is really hard to move so that tray that that double team or that deuce that double team block from the tackle on the guard is not going to move so my guard is probably going to pull a little bit wider so if that pull is a little bit wider my path needs to be a little bit bouncier like I need to have mm-hmm. something a little I need to take my, my step needs to be like one foot one three feet sideways in order to get that access the only way you can find that is one having magnificent immaculate terrific communication between guys on the sidelines which I don't know if there's I don't know if any group can really do that yeah that's like, hard that's really really hard to do because you got to feel it and then that's a thing like professionals probably are able to do more than yeah because they've had so many reps or 18 to 23 year olds right you know um and I I think the other but the other part would be if somebody just has enough snaps in a row that they don't necessarily have to be all like outstandingly successful plays they're just good because yeah. then you can feel when a good play okay i you know again number 92 is on the field that's going to be a wider path okay number 92 is not on the field it's number 77 on the field okay they can move 77 it's going to be tighter here like you could have that kind of understanding because running back it seems like you know one foot three feet whatever it's not that big of a deal but when a running lane like when you when you you know they freeze frame and like look at how you know chris collinsworth on the in the nfl is like look how big this hole is that's like three yards wide that's nine feet yeah. like that's the big space that you have to run through so a foot when a running lane is like three feet wide we it's be able, huge it's 30 yeah. percent off like you're if you're not running clean through that hole and you have to like shimmy yourself and take a step or like you, your shoulder catches a guard or a yeah. lineman or something like that or even worse like someone gets someone reaching their hand out if you're on the right track a foot wider in this theoretical situation it doesn't touch you and you're on the wrong track and he gets a hold of your thigh or your calf or your foot or something and it stops you and then all of a sudden the team can uh, can get there yeah it's the difference between good and it's the difference between an average play and a good play is just that little subtle differences between first and second step and getting your track right so i think with this kane sees it the best but kane is the least healthy yeah and 
it it's would, like every time you get he gets hit, I'm scared that he's going right. to have to leave the game because he got hurt. Yeah, and so like th- there's just I think the running back room again, one guy, even if it's not like dominating the game, one guy when they plug that guy in, hopefully could be the Monte Morris ish, where Monte may you know when he was a sophomore, he was scoring what like seven and a half points a game or something like that, but he was getting nine assists and when he was on the floor whatever that the point differential with him on the floor had to be astronomically high just because he was facilitating he was making him that his cog being in there was a better offense than them not well it's like when he was a freshman and it got to a point about halfway through the season where he was playing the most minutes on the team on a team with two All-Americans. Yeah. He's a true freshman. Because just three him, All-Americans. him being on the floor made the rest of the team yeah. better. And so I think that's the goal for the running back unit is it doesn't look like there's anybody that's going to be... You know, obviously, we know there's no David Montgomery's, but it doesn't look yeah. like there's going to be anybody that's, you know, take over the game. We're going to, you know, F We're going we're we're gonna to ride this guy. R- yeah, but they're Put also... Put the team on my back, dude. <laughs> Darren Sharper. But, I'm going to do it for Madden. But uh, if, if they can have a guy that can consistently get, you know, six to seven to eight to maybe pop off a 12 or something like that, if they can do that, then the offense will consistently move down the field better. Um, maybe it's Jarrell Brock. Maybe it's, you know, maybe it's Breeze Hall. Maybe it's Johnny. We don't know. Yeah. But it would, again, we would just, I would just like to have more of that determined because the other part of that, and I'll, I'll you know, get my offensive line render it, brethren behind me, is running backs can make linemen look bad by doing the wrong thing. And I think yeah. I've talked about this before, but let's say you take your, st- again, you take your steps the wrong, like you take your steps the wrong way. You don't, you don't follow the guard the right way. The play could be blocked beautifully. Yeah. There's naturally going to be a weakness here or there. And defensive guys are going to make plays. But if you're in the wrong spot, you allow that guy who is making an okay play to make it look like he's making a great play. And it makes you know, a backside penetration on a, you know, let's say there's a, a double team on the front side and they're pushing that guy down and they're pulling someone from the backside. Well, pulling someone from the backside means you're removing an, removing a lineman and it's really hard to cover that up. So there's naturally a weak point there. So like, let's say a defensive end penetrates through there and he's getting blocked, but he kind of falls down. If you're on your right track or if you're in the right spot, you've cleared that. That guy's just on the ground behind you. No one even notices that he's there, but if you're in the wrong spot and he gets tackled from behind, it's a three yard loss the linemen did their job. They did what they were supposed to do for the most part, but you as a running back didn't help them out. So I, I think we, it's not necessarily exclusively the offensive line's fault. It's not necessarily exclusively the running back's fault. It's the fact there's not enough mesh and congruity. Continuity. Continuity. Con- c- congruous. What is a state of having congruousness? What is that word? Congruity? Incongruity. Yeah, that'd be congruity. Anyway. I, I don't know. I don't... Con- congruousness is that what you said anyway congruity this but is not a politics podcast jeff woody <laughs> they, we're not talking about the impeachment inquiry here <laughs> thank jesus i don't no one wants to talk about that uh anyway well i mean people do they, just, they do just not, not here yeah not, not here us. not on this if you want that flip over somewhere else but um the yeah they just need to be able to work together better and i don't know if that's a quick fix i don't know if that's a you know, find somebody that just does it. I hope that they have someone that kind of, it just clicks yeah. kind of naturally happens. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. Rushing could stand to be improved, but it, all in all, but, but by the end of the game, they were able to work the offense down the field really without rushing. They had minus four ru- total rushing yards in the fourth quarter, yeah. including sacks, but there was minus four rushing yards in the fourth quarter yet. They still scored 21 points. So what happened? I mean, it was, 
Purdy was more patient. Mm-hmm. Guys were more open because he was able to actually get time to do that. I think Baylor was also starting to get affected by the heat on defense that they weren't rushing as hard or yeah. weren't able to get there as fast. And maybe the offensive line was doing a better job pass protecting, whatever, but there were more availabilities and openings in the fourth quarter. And so they didn't even really have to run the ball and still manage to score touchdown, 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 back to back to back drives. I just think that through these first four games, it it's becoming clear how spoiled we all were by number 32. Yeah. That dude, what he was able to do is was unbelievable. I mean, when you think back to it now and see what they're, what it looks like and now. how freaking hard it was to get him to the ground. Yeah. He still doesn't, like, I mean, granted, he had like 11 you, We took for that 50. for granted almost. Yeah, I think, where it was like you, had, you knew that he was not going down unless multiple people were there to hit him. I think yesterday against the Vikings, he had like 11 carries for 50 yards. But like one six-yard carry, it looked just like he was wearing yeah. 32 in Ames where he would like... He was taking like jump cut, spin move, truck, st- yeah. truck stick, like another stiff arm, four yard gain. It, yeah, it was like taking uh, it was taking Anthony Barr, uh, Daniil Hunter, Harrison Smith, and Everson Griffin all to get him on the ground. And, and those, still, and those and are like time, five of the best defensive players in the NFL. And, and David Montgomery's and, like, no. And sometimes it still didn't work. Like they just held him up. Like yeah. they didn't actually get him to the ground. Uh, there was one. I think um, it was. Yeah, it was Harrison Smith. It was like. He was stood up and he like started trying to punch the ball and then looked at Montgomery and like just gave him like like a head nod and like dapped him up on the head and just walked back like the defensive thing like trying to strip the ball after the play is done and then yeah. Montgomery just like was squeezing the hell out of the ball and was like all right yeah I'm not gonna get this and then just walked back oh man what a what a player dude miss He's, you 32 yeah we miss you 32 but uh no I mean I think that Really, my biggest things coming out of the game, there were obviously a lot of things that were frustrating. And, uh, you, you know, we've talked a lot about about the deal with Brock. And I, and I still will maintain this. I said this. I did a quick little, like, Instagram live before I went into the game watch on Saturday at Buzzer Billy. Shout out to everybody who came out to Buzzer Billy's, by the way. It was a good time. Uh, had, a, had a lot of fun. It was a good crowd. Things got crazy there during that mm. comeback. But, um, I, you know, a lot of people kept asking in that Instagram live, they, they were like, is there a way to get Real involved? Is there a way to get Real involved? And I'm, and I'm like, man, I, I, guys, I don't think so. Like, I mean, there is, but. The it, way to get Real involved is for Real to want to play something other than quarterback. Well, and that's, and the problem right now is that, okay, you want Real to play another position. Real's your backup quarterback. What happens if you put Real at slot receiver and he gets hurt and then Brock gets hurt and then you're rolling with John Kohler, who has like never played before in five years mm-hmm. of college football. So that's where I, I can understand why you want to get Real involved. Obviously, like I definitely can understand that. But right now, you're kind of in a tough situation where if that's your second best quarterback, do you want to risk getting him hurt by running him out there to catch passes? Well, and I think it also, again, it has to come. Yeah, you're talking about understanding the risk. It can't be a predominance. I think there are probably packages that they could have him on the field for. Yeah. uh, Because he's so damn fast that the fact of him being able to throw the ball, which he can throw the ball well, but being able to for him to throw the ball at all, in addition to that speed, makes it a really valuable weapon when you package it correctly. So I think there are certain plays that you probably could get him on the field. But that's when do you want to unleash that? When do you want to do that? And uh, the defense... Again, like we said with Baylor, the defense that they run is the same one that Iowa State runs. And kind of the first off-the-jump context that we were talking about with this defense is, I dare you to screw up. I dare you. 
I mean, it's the Chinese water torture thing yeah, that you've talked about. Yeah, it's uh, we, you can have four yards if you want it. Yeah. Eventually, you're going to run out of four-yard plays because you're going to get bored and you're going to try and take a 15-yard play, and all of a sudden, now you're third and 11. It's what Iowa State did to Oklahoma. It's Every, what Iowa State done to everybody. It's what Iowa State does to everybody. So when you watch the game and you wait for someone to make a mistake, trotting out Rayel Mitchell, because he has the capacity to run well, it, again, that's a huge roll of the dice because he isn't in, he's, a, he's an inexperienced mm-hmm young player who is going to probably make mistakes. So the five or six or seven pay plays that you're going to be running with him are maybe first down, first down, first down interception. Like yeah. are, are you going to have that same risk reward? And again, you don't know until you try it. And I think there's a, a, a time for him to get in there, but it's package. Like it's package yeah. and less than 10 plays during an, during an entire game. Um, unless he is willing to potentially play again, slot receiver ish. But your slot receiver right now is your best is not right. arguably your best offensive player other than Brock Purdy with Deshante Jones. Right. So Deshante Jones or, or Tariq. Or Tariq, yeah. So well Tariq's the X. He's playing yeah. wide out. But like he's been awesome though too. Seven Tariq. catches seventy seven yards on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh so like you have you don't really have a spot for him. Like would it be yeah. nice for him to play running back? Sure, but dude's about buck eighty. Yeah. Like he ain't playing running back. Like if he plays running back Again, that's where you're running a risk. Is it worth it? You're you know. gonna, he will get some kind of banged up right. playing running back. You don't play that position without it. Espe- unless, you know, I, I say unless you're, and even my size, like when I was playing, my, by the time I was a senior or redshirt junior before, like senior year, I was like H back and would kind of float around the offense. My last year at like true running back was my redshirt junior year. I was 245 yeah. and I still would get banged up. And that was bigger than most of the linebackers. Now this kid is, again, maybe a, buck 80 i don't know what he's what he's listed on the roster i think he's listed at six foot which is a total crock of shit yeah but not very big not big at it so like you can't really put him anywhere else other than maybe again a slot receiver but then deshante jones is out there and you have to remove him and you know get landon acres it's i would say rail mitchell if he committed to the position would probably be better than landon acres but again at what risk yeah yeah and i think once you know it could be maybe a little bit different conversation next season once you've got obviously your two backup quarterbacks are going to be true freshmen and hunter deckers and aiden bowman Mm -hmm. but i think that both of those are guys that they feel really confident confident. i mean hunter deckers just became the all-time leading passer in the state of iowa last week so i mean he's he's like one of the top quarterback prospects in the country that kid probably can come in and throw the football a little bit if it really came down to it so maybe you can run a little bit more of a risk with real but right now it's just like i don't know that it's worth it yeah you know and I get where people are coming from. Yeah, you're, that's that's a totally valid point. Is you want to see him in some capacity because yeah. I don't think the the bench Brock Purdy thing that's stupid. Well, yeah, and that's and I was texting Jay at halftime on Saturday. I was like, man, I almost think the worst thing that could have happened for the mindset of the fan base is to see Real go in there and run for a touchdown and throw a touchdown because now all of a sudden, anytime something goes wrong, get him out of there, put Real in. Yeah, which I I don't think people realize how yet how good Brock Purdy is slash will be like people understand that he's a good player, but I don't think people understand how good he can again, how good he can and will be because it takes a significant level of maturity to have the shit game that he had for two and a half quarters and then totally flip the script. Mm-hmm. And at any point in the fourth quarter, uh, granted, uh, again, Iowa State fans built in nut cup. Like everyone just assumes that it's there. But I feel like people are leaving their nut cup on the table a little bit more. Oh, uh, no, mine to- was securely fastened. When, uh, when they went up 21-20, I was like, yep, I already know how this is going to go. So I, I feel like I've taken mine off. 
and I'm willing to get kicked in the nuts. Well, but, I put it back on, but, but it was off, and then I, I, I securely fastened it. when they got the ball back and they were down, did you feel any, any concern or question? Oh, no, I knew they were going to score. They were going to go down and score because yeah. number 15's in the field. When was the last time that Iowa State had that? Yeah. Arnaud, maybe? And then maybe, maybe, but then before that, like steel Jance against Iowa in 2011. Yeah. One game. Yeah. Or the first four games of that season when steel would throw like four picks in the first half and then resurrect the team. Man, honestly, maybe the only other time was when, when Jacob Park really had it cooking those first couple games that year, like that Iowa game. But even still, it was like, like every time they got the ball, it's like, they're going to score somehow. But even still, like, there wasn't the same level of confidence in the entire offense. It was yeah, just like, no. all right, this might happen. Yeah. Like, I would say the last time this was... There's there. a lot more volatility to it. Yeah, the last time this was there would be maybe, again, like, maybe a Brett Meyer, but still probably not. Yeah. I mean, how far back do you have to go before you feel this confident any time that the ball is in hit 15's hands that there's going to be a win? Like, it's not a hope that in the Iowa game, if they were to get the ball back, that they would go down and get themselves in position to score just right. because you know how good he is. So, again, 13th game that he has played significant snaps. I mean, there's a reason that he's one of like, I did this math last week. He's one of like six guys in the history of the Big 12 to have, have 3,500 or more yards of total offense in his first 13 games. And he would have, I think he probably is getting close to 4,000 now yeah. after last week. So, I mean, in that list. That's a pretty I can tell you right now, list. the guys that are on that list are making a whole lot of money right now throwing the football. Uh, one of them was the number one overall pick two years ago. One of them was the overall pick last year. Uh, n- no, Kyler? in your first twelve, in like your first twelve starts. Oh, okay. Like Kyler had some starts at Texas A&M, okay. so that kind of slowed him down. But uh, the other one is the reigning MVP of the NFL and has his team four and zero right now. It's the best player in football. Uh, yeah, it's a good list. Yeah, like the the guys that are are out there playing. But uh, so he's yeah, Purdy is, and I, I think the other thing. So this is what I'm going to take from this. Um, I think the experience that he gained in this game, one of the, the lesson that he'll take from it is being able to comfortably move within the pocket uh-huh. even better. Because yeah. I think that was, again, that was his knock all of last season. And so I think there was a little bit of a regression into last year that we saw in the first half is when we were talking about that patience of being able to keep your feet steady. He started to get happy feet in the first half-ish. Uh, and started bailing too soon, started trying to get rid of the ball, the mechanics started to switch. So even you'd miss something high because his hips would flip open yeah. because he's trying to, like he wants to run anyway, but then sees somebody open and, and just kind of has this like this mechanical thing. But then by the end of the game, he settled himself back down and there was a really good just individual case study of if I do this, bad happens. If I do this, good happens. Yeah. And so he's shown that he's going to take and learn very quickly so, I, again, he's been patient a lot this year, but this is the first time significant pressure has really been put on him. Uh, I mean, you and I, but uh, I would say this game was really the first time in the first half that, like, yeah. he was consistently getting hit and then managed, despite that, to settle down in the second half and deliver a successful offense. So, like, I, again, going forward, this, this team will significantly improve. Again, the, the two major concerns, and I'll finish this first segment and we'll break after this, is... The two major, major-ish concerns that I have are one turnover margin that Iowa State's not forcing near enough, yeah, and they're giving the ball up that. too much. Yeah, um, and so your mistakes can be mistakes, but your mistakes can't be fatal mistakes like that. And um, I, I would say that that the tightening up of making sure ball control is there. Um, that last turnover, it the the fumble that they got, but 
you could just write that one off. Like that one's a desperation play. It doesn't really matter. Um, but like otherwise, they've lost the turnover margin every single game this year except ULM. That interception wasn't very good. That was a hell of a play by the Baylor. It's player, true, though. but yeah. he, was try- he was trying to get rid of the ball. It was again, it was a slight, it was a carelessness. Yeah. That's not, I, I would guarantee you that's not going to happen again. No. Um, Throw the ball out in the stance. Yep. As and, far and, as you possibly can. Even if you're going to flick it, like you throw it to the back of the bench. Like yeah. you don't leave it anywhere near where somebody could end up catching it. Uh, so turnovers, I think, are concerning to me a little bit. And I think that's a thing that now that, again, lessons of positivity were learned of this is, you know, staying quiet in the pocket, that here's how you take care of the ball better is going to be, a, 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 again, an equally good lesson to learn. Again, the other thing that, that does concern me is the special teams. And, and that I don't know how to fix. Yeah. Because you don't have a kicker. You can just be like, all right, you know what? Edwin Arceo, come on out here. You're going to take over now. And all of a sudden start becoming effective. Well, this is when you wish that the, court, the kicker that you have on scholarship was able to go out there and make some kicks. Different, yeah. different conversation, though. That's a whole other deal. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll talk about the defense, talk about some other stuff when we come back on Football and Random Things on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Hello, Fanatics. It's Chris Williams. I want to tell you today about the forever true for Iowa State campaign, a historic initiative by the Iowa State University Foundation to raise donations that will help benefit every aspect of the university. Cyclones everywhere are helping reach the unprecedented $1.5 billion goal. Yes, the Cyclone spirit is a force to be reckoned with. More than 81,000 donors have given to the campaign thus far, including over 27,000 first-time donors. So far, these donors have gifted more than $1.2 billion. The Cyclone Energy is truly unstoppable. The campaign has achieved an amazing amount of success thanks to gifts of every size. The impact is seen all across campus too, from the South End Zone Club to the North End Zone Construction to the thousands of students who receive scholarship support. You can learn more at forevertrueisu.com because the world needs more Cyclone Spirit. Welcome back to Football and Random Things on the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast Network. Jeff, there might be a problem. What? Uh, the artist formerly known as number 19. Yeah. Might be a while. What? Might be a while before it's back. Who? Jaquan Bailey. Why? Well, I have reason to believe that he might have sustained a several week long injury Mm. at minimum. Oh, yeah. It's no bueno. Yeah. Not good. On the bright side, I will say for him, uh, this was only the fourth game. So the good news is, if first yeah. time in a while, you have de- a defensive line depth, and Blake Peterson's there. Well, Zach Peterson, Zach Peterson, and me. Blake Zach Peterson, Peterson, I guess we haven't seen him yet, but Zach Peterson there, excuse yeah. me, is there. Uh, but that is why uh, Will McDonald played the predominant number of the snaps at defensive end late in that game on Saturday because it's a pass rushing situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's depth there, and it sucks. Still not ideal. Not ideal. Um, like I said, at least it was only the fourth game. Yeah. That, that's kind of a silver lining if he were to be done for the season, which if I had to guess right now would probably be my 
estimation based on what I've heard. But we'll see. Well, again, they're still going to be okay. Like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm just saying it's, it's, that's just, that's, that's not, mm-hmm. that's problematic, not good. Right. Um, the, again, so depth is there. Yeah. They still have depth. And I would say there are certain, they're going to have to piecemeal it a little bit uh, more than just having Bailey in there just do what he's going to do. Um, he is, I would say Jamal Johnson has a potential to play a little bit more of that three technique player on down, rush down and distances, or that three technique, that outside defensive end player on de- rush down and distances. Um, number 90, uh, which is, is Other Bailey? Is that Other Bailey? Uh, or is that Isaiah yeah. Lee? No, I think that's Isaiah Lee. So yeah. 90 will probably end up playing a little bit more nose tackle if, if Bailey runs over there, or if, if, uh, if Johnson yeah. runs over, plays over that side. Um, then they'll have Peterson play a little more. I mean, they're, they're going to be, and McDonald will play in there a little bit more. They'll, they're going to be fine, but they're, they're, they can't leave number three out there and be like, all right, rush down, stay out there, pass down, stay out there. They're going to yeah. have to kind of mix and match a little bit more. I do think it's interesting that they have basically moved Will McDonald exclusively back to defensive end. And I, I credit uh, Orion Vance yeah. for that because, I mean, initially they wanted to move him out there because he's a freak athlete, but then Orion Vance, they said just he, during camp, like, it was a, I dare you to take me out. Yeah. I'm playing well enough that you can't, uh, you can't ignore me. I'm the best player on the field. Um, and he's proved that. So credit to Ryan Vance. So yeah, there's not, it, it's not great that three is out, but on this defense, it's the first time in, you know, years that an Iowa state unit can lose one of their best players. And collectively we go, eh, we'll be fine. Yeah. I, uh, I was going to say something. Oh, the other thing I think that maybe is another, I don't know, silver lining, I guess, is I think that if you lose someone like that, and again, we haven't heard from Coach Campbell yet, maybe he will say something differently than what I've already heard previously, but I'm pretty confident in that, that at least he's not going to play next week. I can say that for pretty certain. Okay. Uh, Maybe it will force them to do a little bit more. Obviously, we love this defense, but maybe mm-hmm. they'll get a little more creative again where it's like, okay, we got to trigger, try and figure out some things to work with these dudes yeah, and just make a few, you know, tweaks little tweaks here. and stuff like that, throw some new wrinkles in mm-hmm. to where it's like, all right, this is what we've got to do a little bit to kind of counteract some of this. Yeah, and I think it might, it might be making the defensive line heavier. Like I said, I think if it was, again, I'm not coaching these guys and this is, I don't know what they do in practice, but from the outside in, honestly, I would think, if if you're comfortable with Isaiah Lee playing at the nose tackle as Ray's kind of spell, um, the guy that I would play the most at that position would be Jamal Johnson, just because he's got the hand speed to play there. He's and he's a pretty he has pretty good pass rush moves, but he's also a better run stopper. Mm-hmm. So then you have three pretty good run stoppers, and when you rotate them in, then you have your uh, you know, you, you're playing Johnson. I would say, because what they've sort of done like towards the, the middle to end of the games uh, is they've started putting Ray with uh, Leo and Peterson. Yeah, Matt Leo's still having a, yeah, he's he's just having a tough time. Yeah, not great. Um, but they put um, Ray with, again, Leo and Peterson. So you have your 2-1-2. Two, two, and then with, they trot in Johnson with Annie and previously with Bailey. So they'd go there one, two, one. So like they would put their starter backup starter or backup starter backup and kind yeah. of mix the units. So you don't have all starters or all backups. So I, they're probably going to continue to kind of mix and match where they're not going to, they're not going to put out, you know, Peter, let's say Peterson ends up being the one that starts. They're not going to put out that second unit, which is then uh, Matt Leo, Jamal Johnson, and then Peterson's backup, whomever that may be, which, you know, whether it's uh, number nine, 
that it's not they're not going to shoot themselves in the foot like that. They've got enough depth around the around the defense to do excuse me to do that. Yeah. Um, but in general, I thought they played well on Saturday. There, again, the, for the most part, there were still again the this the single. The, I think they just got tired. Yeah, and they had to rotate guys that shouldn't be playing. Yeah. Like they had to they had to play guys that that deserve to be on the field for a few snaps with a lot of snaps, and that's the pro- that was the problem to me because a guy like Mims. He's a damn good receiver. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that dude will be playing in the league for a while because he's tall, he's physical, he's able to go up and get contested catches. And Anthony Johnson, it, it, time and time or two, he's going to get beat. Like, that, I think that first touchdown was a straight he's up. He's a true sophomore. Yeah, and, and he's also a gambling true sophomore. Yeah. So, like, the way that he covers is really aggressive a lot of times, which by the time he's able to, you know, again, another few, half year, year, whatever, and he learns how to minimize his mistakes with these gambling then he's going to be able to gamble like because guys like uh richard sherman richard sherman's a gambler but he's a maybe not now i don't i haven't watched the 49ers maybe he's playing well again but like when he was at his peak richard sherman would gamble but it wasn't necessarily a gamble it was like a calculated risk that he would take that he knew the odds of if i overlap off of my coverage into this other route the odds of them throwing to where I just vacated are very small. I know where they're going to end up going. So, so with kind of things that a guy with a Stanford education can do while also being a freak athlete. Brilliant. But you know what I mean? Like he, he would, it seemed like he would roll the dice and when he was aggressive, he would get really aggressive in his press coverages, Yeah. but he would be really aggressive. And if he's going to miss, he's going to miss whether it's with help or he's going to miss to the inside or the outside, whatever the defensive coverage is there. Johnson right now is gambling a little bit. Again, this is the first stage in growth on this. He's a damn good player. So he's going to gamble every once in a while against a guy that's really, really good, a little bit too far, and get beat. That, that's, no one's surprised by this, and no one should be disappointed that 26 gave up a touchdown. Brewer's a damn good quarterback. Mims is an NFL wide receiver. You get beat once time. Fine, whatever. But it's when there's systematic like screw-ups, which again is when... Yeah, I think 19, yeah, it was 19, four and um, 27. When those guys are all in the field at the same time and none of them were covering the guy, mm-hmm. that's not a, a, you know, shoot, I got beat. That is a, some, as, a, as a group, we didn't understand what was going on. Right. So that was the heat, I think, the heat in the way that Baylor played made Iowa State have to sub more than they should have uh, to get them in positions. But still, 23 points in a Big 12 game, you're going to win a lot of times. You're going to win a lot of those games. Let's also keep in mind, too, the last two years, I think that both of us would agree the last two years have been resounding successes, right? Mm-hmm. The last two seasons? Yep. In both of those seasons, how many of them have they started 1-0 in Big 12 play? Zero. Zero. They started 0-2 in Big 12 play last year. And then they pulled themselves together. Yeah, and then they won, won, what, six in a row? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think they'll be okay. And we, we when we picked our, you know, eight and no, whatever at the start of the season. That was a, yeah, that was a swing game. Acknowledging Baylor was a game that's really hard. Yeah. Iowa was a game that was really hard. I thought Oklahoma State, just because you don't know what you're going to get with yeah. Oklahoma State, that's going to be a tough one. And then obviously Oklahoma and Texas. Those are your games throughout the season that we looked at that were like, you know what? Going to be tough ones to win. Yeah. I expect them to, but they, they can. They can. They and can. They, they proved that. I mean, they lose a one by Iowa and two by, and two to TCU. Again, heartbreakers. Or not TCU, Baylor. Heartbreakers yeah. in situations where they could have slash should have won. Yeah. And they... Had every opportunity. Had every to opportunity to win. They just have to close the door a couple more times. And again, the law of averages says they're going to swing back at some point. And maybe, you know, 
at some point, the other team is going to run into each other on a punt return. Like, not literally, but there's going to be one of those plays where they, the other team screws themselves out of a win because, or just accidentally the ball bounces out of bounds instead of going to the end zone. Like, mm-hmm. things like that are going to happen. Um, so defensively, again, this defense is really solid. Like, nothing about the... I, 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 Mike Rose is a t- fantastic linebacker, but the guy that I, I mentioned him earlier, Orion Vance, continues to impress me. Like, the speed that that guy has at the size that he is, is really dangerous. Like no He's one a violent player. He is. It was, I think it was him rushing. In a good way. I, don't I, mean I think way. him rushing that one time when it was Jermichael hasty tried to set up and block. It might not have been hasty, like to try and set up and pass block. And he just blew Vance him just trucked his ass, yeah. like threw him like his, his number nine hit the ground first. Like his ass didn't even get to the ground and then forced Brewer out of the pocket to have an incompletion. That dude is what a redshirt sophomore, redshirt junior, redshirt sophomore, redshirt sophomore. Yeah, like he's got more years to play. And then the guy next to him is a true sophomore. Yeah, and those two guys are a pretty good and pretty good little cornerstones and, for your. Defense. And Marcel Spears is going to graduate, but the guy that comes in is going to be Jake Hummel. Yeah, which who basically a, have played like starter snaps while being a backup for four years. Yeah, it's like linebacking core is really good. Um, I, I I don't really have any concerns going forward with this defense. Bailey being out is, a, I think, a minor concern because it's just going to mean they're going to have to tweak what they do. Yeah. But they have the personnel to do something with it. It's not like when we were there, if let's say Jake McDonough got hurt, which happened, and like filling in or Brandon Jensen, like if Brandon Jensen were to be injured when I was there, shoot, like we don't have the bodies to fill in behind him. It's going to suck. I remember even when Jevin Miller got hurt that one year, it like maybe... And there had to have been pause. That was the it was last after, or second, to, year, second to last year, yeah. maybe. Yeah. I mean, it was one of those last couple of years. And it was like, he got hurt and everybody's like, oh boy, this is going to be bad. And it was. Yeah. Who, yeah, who are they going to throw out there at the mic now? And so now like they have depth to do it. And, and even still, like, let's say that, you know, Will McDonald's the guy that ends up getting the snaps. The dude weighs, you know, 38 pounds. And he's, so he's not the same. He's like 210. Yeah. And so he's going to be physical, but he's still going to get moved around by tackles. Well, your Sam linebacker, again, small tweaks and adjustments that they could make, your Sam linebacker generally plays in space. You have another safety, you could roll him down, you could play a different kind of coverage and put Mike Rose a little bit closer to the ball. Well, Mike Rose plays like a defensive end sometimes. So if they're going to push nine out of the way, 23 is just a little bit closer to the ball. Good luck with a tight end or a receiver trying to block 23 in space. He's going to throw that dude around and make the tackle. So there, even yeah. if that one position isn't as good as it was from Bailey being gone, they're going to still be fine. Like, this defense is still going to be really good. I'm curious now. This will be the first... Um, I, I think this will be the first offense that they play that I would consider as bad Oh yeah, this, next week. Because you and I... You and I's defense or offense isn't good. You just don't know what the hell they're doing. Like, I feel so vindicated right now because it has nothing to do with TCU. TCU's offense is bad. Could not score the ball against SMU last week. Two weeks ago. To be fair, rivalry game. Right. Okay. Yeah. Fair. But the way that they beat the crap out of Kansas, I feel vindicated. I have been saying, intern Brandon's been trying to tell me, Kansas, they're better. They're better. They go and beat the crap out of Boston College. I actually sent you a text. It just didn't go through because I was on the tarmac. I was flying back from a work trip in Nashville. I was, I was, no, this is, I mean, you know, I texted you this morning. What? There's, 
other variable in that. But anyway, we'll talk about that so later. I was going to, I was like, I was sending, yeah. I had to send you a text and it didn't go through, but it was, hey, you're Kansas is back, man. I know. It's That's like why I was, I was like, railed 58 it, to zero or whatever it, it was. Yeah, it's like they, uh, they go and beat Boston College. The ACC is the worst Power Five conference ever. Maybe. I mean, they're just bad. And then Clemson nearly loses to North Carolina on Saturday. I, I don't know. Clemson needs, if Clemson, Clemson should drop in the poll. I know they dropped number they'll two, fine. but they're they're, still they'll, be the fine, but they'll be fine. I'm just saying that the bottom half of the ACC is real bad yep. because Kansas looked horrible on Saturday. TCU's offense made them look stupid. And TCU's, and TCU's offense, offense is good. not good. No. Not good. When, you, when you're allowing a punter, punt returner to drop the ball and then still run all the way around your punt team, that's when I sit there and I'm like, man, you guys got some problems. They, uh, Quavante Turpin's really good. Well, yeah. Deshaun Jackson's done that too. Um, Deshaun Jackson's like a Hall of Famer though. Yeah, true. Um, yeah, I, so TCU's offense, there's some serious struggles and the Duggan is a young quarterback. Yeah. This will, I don't know how good TCU's defense, I honestly haven't watched them play at all. Like it, they've always either played like coinciding with me traveling or with me like watching some other game. Um, I would assume that their defense is solid, like it always is with Gary Patterson. Um, even when their offense is hot garbage, their defense is always pretty good. It's that four-two-five same style Gary Patterson defense with a really good pass rusher. I saw the numbers like in the forties for this game, like the yeah the over over under. It's and I wouldn't. It, it could be that. It also could be a thing where um, I think turnovers are going to change the dynamic of this game. And yeah. if they can force one, Iowa State needs to protect the ball better. Again, like they, like we talked about earlier, that needs to be a thing. That That's one. The way the offense is executing doesn't concern me that much. Them turning the ball over concerns me a little. So getting, making sure they take care of the ball. But I think they're going to be able to force TCU into mistakes um, just because they have a young quarterback and they're going to throw a bunch of ridiculous shit. I was going to say, when, when I hear Iowa State's defense against a true freshman quarterback... They're going to throw a bunch of crazy shit at him. That sounds like a and, – and keep in mind, too, that this is a guy that this staff knows a lot about. Mm-hmm. You know, they've they watched him for, They what, have watched him a lot uh, – watched him play a lot of football. So that's just one of those things where it's like when I hear that, I'm like – Good luck, son. Yeah. And have I, fun. I think there's – when I say throw a lot of shit at him, it doesn't mean they're going to blitz him like 300 times. But – the, the coverages that they're going to run, they're going to switch like the levels that they're pressuring at. Like they're going to yeah. play really cautious on one down. They're going to be really aggressive on other downs. They might, it might still be drop three, five or like three deep, five under. Like they still might do that like 70% of the downs, but they're going to change where the pressure is. They're going to change the his, where his eyes to eyes go. Yeah, where his eyes, eyes have to go. Where they're going to they're gonna show him a look where it's maybe they're playing press on the outside, but they really that guy sags off really far. Or maybe they end up playing with this like, Eisworth is playing down what looks like a, uh, but like he will, like play an alley player, and then all of a sudden spin to one of the, you know, one of those cover threes or spin to the flat. Like they're gonna do ridiculous shit to move his eyes around and make him get a little bit rattled. The Iowa State offense, I think, first team to twenty-seven should comfortably win the game. What was the final score of this game last year? Was it? Uh, it was two. Oh, it was two years ago. Two oh, years ago, no, was last, four, year, last year they lost because yeah, that was two years seven. ago. It was fourteen to seven. And last year it was, yeah, like, was it 15 or something? Was it yeah. Even, wasn't I mean, it a weird score? Yeah, it was. I, I know that it Will was. Will McDonald popped his name out there last year. Yeah, and I think that's the only way that Iowa State scored was off of that, um, was off of that fumble. And 
And that was uh, that was a game that got Zeb fired. Yeah, that was a, that was a bad deal. Then the next game was the Oklahoma State one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pulling up this because it was a low scoring game too. It was. Yeah. I mean, it was it in the last two years these two teams have combined to score like forty something points. Yeah. But in two years, two game like in two games between them, uh, yeah, seventeen fourteen. So. The aggregate score would be 28-24 over two years. Not not a lot. Not a lot. Yeah, so... Iowa State scored 14 points quick in that one game two years ago in the first half and then didn't score again. Wasn't it a pick six, too? Didn't they have one pick six? Uh, No, they threw the kind of that... Man, they haven't really thrown this... That kind of back shoulder, uh, like, turn. Mm -hmm. Like, the curl route almost in the end zone where they really made a kind of a killing on that with, like, Matt Eaton and those guys for a couple years. Uh, they scored on one of those to Matt Eaton, mm-hmm. uh, and then there was the throw to Hakeem in the back of the end zone oh, right, when he right. did the Naruto run. Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then they got the interception at the goal line, and then JD forced a fumble at the goal line. And then yeah, uh, uh, and Kalante Turpin took a kickoff for a touchdown. And that was their Spears score. got a pick to yeah, seal it. Yeah, um, you know, I this this game coming up is it's I would assume low scoring. Um, but yeah, protect the ball. The other way this, like I said, turnovers are going to be a big deal. I think if they do get turnovers, if they get turnovers in the, in the situations where they need to, this game could start to, that hopefully could stretch. It's, I don't think this is going to be one of those, like, we're going to win this comfortably. Like, it's not going to be one of those, even if the score would stretch to be like, let's say it's, you know, it's, it's 18 to six. Like that's. Eighteen to six. Are you surprised? Could that? No, that could definitely be the score. With the kicking things that we, the kicking problems that we've had. Yeah. Do you think there could be any like, like a safety thrown in there? What's the prop bets? <laughs> and so, like, if it's eighteen to six, then that's still not a comfortable margin. I yeah. think it will never really feel like we've got this in the bag. So it's going to be a tough physical game. It always is with TCU. Uh, but I think Iowa State's defense, again, independent of having or having Bailey or not, is going to be able to uh, make, sure. make the most uncomfortable Iowa quarterback in Iowa. Doesn't grow up in Iowa. Oh, yeah. Playing again yeah, yeah, okay. I didn't know what. Iowa born and bred. Yeah, okay. Iowan. Uh, all right. couple things. couple housekeeping notes. New shirts today Ooh, at teamcloset.com slash Cyclone Fanatic. They're pretty cool. They, uh, let's just say they have fun with our friends in Lawrence, Kansas. <laughs> you should go check them out. Yeah, you should check those out. Teamcloset.com slash Cyclone Fanatic. I'll also say we have new stickers, Cyclone Fanatic stickers to put on your computer, put on, you know, whatever you might want to put it on. I don't know. In anything. I Forehead. Guess. Yeah, you could put, we could put them right on top of Jeff Woody's bald head. Cyclone Fanatic logo stickers. And then last thing, Homefield Apparel. Check them out at Homefield apparel.com sign nation 20 to get 20% off your order. So if you want a shirt just like this one or any other number of awesome shirts, homefieldapparel.com sign nation 20 is the promo code to check out to get 20% off your order. Uh, thanks to Carl Chevrolet. If you enjoy our podcast, give us five stars, maybe a nice little rating on iTunes. If you don't Six like stars, if you don't like it, then stay away. Don't <laughs> don't give us a low rating. Yeah, then don't get it. Uh, yeah, if you want to give us a rating, then it better be five stars or else we're going to be mad. Just send uh, just send an, an angry email to Jared if you don't like the show. Don't no, don't send me Do an that. angry send, email. Send Jared an angry email if you don't like the show. You don't even know my email address to give it to them. 
huskersrule69 <laughs> at hotmail.com? Uh, I can safely say I'm not saying that on this Monday. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that game didn't go well. Did not go well. That absolutely did not go well. All right. Thanks again, everybody, for watching. Thanks to everybody listening out there on the podcast feed. We will talk to you guys again soon. Peace.